Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Oh, 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 it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. This is my friend, Matt. Posh, come on, Posh. This is my friend, T-Bone. What's up, the fun? I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. Do it live. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got st- uh, two more hours of this fun to go, ladies and gentlemen, before we send you into a weekend, a weekend that will be immersed in college hoops. Brandon Miller tonight in the Rising Stars game is certainly worth a watch. As much fun as we have had watching him this year. Uh, Miller against Scoot, Bone. Miller against Ooh. Scoot. By the way, the men of Scoot has been disbanded. I had a texter try to say, Mac, hold strong. Keep the men of Scoot together. We might have been right. And it's like, bro, why do I want to be right? Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be right. I want to be so wrong. I want to be the wrongest I've ever been. I will say Scoot Henderson possibly may have won one of us some money on underdog last night. (laughs) Did he have a good game? Yeah. yeah, Okay. All right. There you go. I mean, he got he got one assist over what he needed, and he got me. He got he got he got got me some money last. So Bone has not left the men of Scoot. If you see this right now, there was only three games going last night. (laughs) The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature is. Oh no! Screen freeze. There we go. Still forty-eight degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort. Choose Charlotte Comfort Systems. Dot com. Matt. Before we go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline, I know that our next guest, Marty Snyder, is excited for what the Bone Man is up to today. All show, I'm, I'm, I'm picking my favorite driver out of a hat, and I'm eliminating options as we go along. It's a lot. It's tense. Flounder's excited. I just lost Truex, Bell, and Denny Hamlin during the last You just break. lost all of all of the Gibbs drivers. Joe Gibbs race just rolled out so on you all in one break. There's some names back. I could be rooting for a driver that I might not be in every race this I year. Can't, no, I can't wait to see who your driver for 2024 ends and up being. And choice is still in this thing oh, right now. Oh, I want to choose it. I want to choose it. All right, let's bring in uh, our next guest, Daytona. Daytona going to be a big part of this weekend. Love the duels last night. Can't wait for the 500. And uh, our next guest from NBC, Marty Snyder, joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Marty. Happy New Year, man. Hello. What's going on? How you been? Happy New Year. How are you guys? Uh, you know, Bones, work with me here on, on Mac. The yeah. men of Scoot thing should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, I, I'm my whole thing when it comes to a draft, Hornets or Panthers, I kind of go the opposite of whatever Mac says. Because <laughs> I remember our decades of friendship. I remember Mac saying, we got to draft C.J. Henderson when the draft was coming around for the Panthers that year. He's going to be a great tackler. He's terrible. And we still got him on our team now. So go the opposite way of what Max says for that. It's a good Marty, way to Marty do it. Snyder, just working. I was out. Marty just working in the shadows to rip Mac. I know. Marty, I'm, excited. I'm so excited to talk to Marty. It's been a while, and Marty just comes in and drops a hammer on me. All right. Basically, oh, bumped you into the wall. You know that. I, the love is mutual, and he didn't lie. He did not tell a lie. I've had some uh, draft analysis issues, all right, over the years, <laughs> and I am happy to be wrong on the whole Scoot Brandon thing. Very happy to be wrong. All right, Marty, the duels last night. I, I I mean, as always at Daytona, you know that last lap's going to deliver. But I I thought last night was good racing. Both of them had great finishes. I I kind of I don't I want to know what you think, 
But I kind of watched last night and thought, man, we're going to have a heck of a 500. Did you too? Or, or what, how are you feeling? Yeah, so here's what I think. I think the 500 is going to be very unpredictable. So you got what you have to realize is you have two new manufacturers that have brand new cars. Toyota and Ford have, have brand new cars. And every driver I've talked to down here in Daytona has been saying, it's just going to take us a while to understand how these cars work, how they work in the draft, how they, you know, draft with other cars, how I can push someone. And they learned a lot of that last night, and some of that in not a good way. As you saw in that second duel, the big wreck with Ryan Blaney just taking a massive hit, um, and several cars destroyed, several teams going to backup cars. So, you know, that'll take a lot of, car, a lot of cars out of practice today. So I, I think, yes, the, the race is going to be very unpredictable. How do you make these moves? How do you time these moves? All of that's going to be key for Sunday. And I think there's going to be several times where people just misjudge it like they did last night. And you look at the names that were involved in that crash last night. I mean, it was Blaney. It was Kyle Busch. It was William Byron. It wasn't people who don't know what they're doing. It wasn't drivers who don't understand things. It's just people feeling out the cars. And, and that was literally a situation it was kind of no one's fault. It just happened at a bad time and a bad spot, and it just caught Ryan Blaney out, uh, who was honestly an innocent victim and took the hardest hit. Marty Snyder, now a fan favorite on the text line, as people send in Mac bad takes over the years. I mean, uh, and we're not, and we're not, you don't know, we, him, don't, Marty. we don't condone that. 704-570-9610. And Marty, what's the, what's the weather situation looking like for Sunday? Is this thing going to get in, or is it going to be uh, one that may get moved here along the way? That is what everybody's talking about, Bone, and, and it's not looking good, to be honest with you. Uh, tomorrow it's supposed to rain all day here in Daytona. We were supposed to have sunny skies today, and it's kind of cloudy this morning, honestly. Um, but it's supposed to rain Saturday. It's supposed to rain Sunday. So I don't know what's going to happen. NASCAR can't catch a break. You remember the L.A. Coliseum two weeks ago? They had to move the race up a day. I don't really have that advantage or that that in their playbook this week. You just can't move it up, and if it's good, it's going to rain tomorrow more than that might on Sunday. So, so I don't know. I, I keep um, I keep hoping it'll look better, but it actually keeps looking worse for Sunday. So it could indeed be a, a Monday Daytona 500, and uh, you know, the next race is close. It's Atlanta, so that's good. There's no West Coast swing this year. That helps out a little bit, but. It's certainly not going to help the ratings for our, our friends at Fox, if that's the case. Yeah, that stinks, man, especially for the 500. I mean, Monday races are kind of a bummer, you know, because you're sitting around Sunday yeah. ready for But the 500, when it does have to be moved, just doesn't feel right. And Mac is out Monday. It's Flounder and I doing the show. There's no football. Oh, that's right. I'm off. Although, I could, yeah, I've got an off day. I could watch the 500. There's no, nice and there's easy. no football. <laughs> there's no Hornets games to recap. What we have to work with is Daytona. Please, God, get this right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Marty, all right, so let's, uh, let's talk about this. This season in general, before we kind of get back to, you know, your thoughts on the 500 specifically, you mentioned uh, the new cars that the Toyotas and the Fords have. And Toyota was an interesting story because they didn't look like they had speed. And then last night in race trim, it looked, looked like, hey, they're going to be able to compete uh, for the season line storylines. What are a few of the storylines that you think fans out there listening, whether they're diehard or casual, what are going to be some of the biggest storylines that are going to be followed throughout the season, in your opinion? I think one of the big things is, you know, the the rebound, what is, is expected to be a rebound for Chase Elliott. You know, obviously had a rough year last year, had the broken leg, had the penalty as well, didn't make playoffs. All those things were, you know, things you, you know, you wouldn't expect. Even with missing a, a few races, you still kind of expected, well, when's Chase Elliott going to win and put himself in the playoffs? And that, that never happened. And so I think the recovery for Chase Elliott 
How does he look? I mean, to me also, you know, Kyle Larson left so much on the table last year. They had eight DNFs. I mean, that's a team that should have won ten races. And then you throw into the middle of this, you know, what, what should be a better season for Kyle Larson. They can just kind of clean some things up. He's got the Indy 500 in the middle of that. He's going to run the Indy 500 this year in the month of May. And that is not, you know, let's go run a sprint car race on Saturday night thing. That is a full-on commitment that's going to be hard on him. I mean, that's a lot of practice, a lot of time at the track. It's, there's an open test in April that people don't think about that he's got to go do. I mean, there's a lot that he'll have to do to run the Indianapolis 500. But I think he's going to be a lot better in that race. Than, than people think. I think he's going to surprise some people. And then I think the, the playbook that Team Penske has shown everyone the last three years, you know, everybody comes into the NASCAR season thinking, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. Well, Team Penske has shown everyone, you got to win at the right time. Joey Logano in 2022, I mean, he, they, they weren't great at all during the year. And then they show up, they kind of find some momentum in the, in the fall, which is the really important time. And then they go win the championship. Ryan Blaney. Same thing. They weren't that great during the year. They find the momentum. They go to Phoenix. They win the championship. So I think getting hot at the right time, kind of the teams have, you know, yes, you need to win during the season, but you need to win at the right time. And that's what teams have really started to focus on is that playoff run. How do you get better for that? And how do you specifically get better at Phoenix? Marty, do you have a driver or two you think is poised for a breakout year that's kind of under the radar a little bit right now? I think Ty Gibbs, in my opinion, I think he is going to win some races. I think he's going to surprise some people. Uh, he, he's a driver who was just on the cusp of, you know, being there. He ran well at so many tracks, and his late father, Coy, a, a very dear friend of mine, used to say it takes 100 races. It takes 100 races in the Cup yeah. Series to really see what you have. And I think Ty's, you know, going to be not, not there quite this year, but close to that. But I think, you know, I think Ty Gibbs is really going to impress some people this year. And I think there's a couple of drivers, Bone, that are really on the hot seat that have to show something this year. Daniel Suarez has to show something. He has to show that he belongs in the Cup Series. I think you're looking at Harrison Burton, who drives for the Wood Brothers, which is a Team Penske affiliate. And I think also Austin Sendrick at Team Penske. They have to show, hey, we can run up front. We can contend for wins. I think the pressure's on those three drivers this year to prove, hey, I deserve to be in the Cup Series. All right, Marty, let's talk about the six uh, the six hundred. What the heck? How many months have I moved ahead? Well, wow, that, <laughs> that rain really really caused a lot of problems here. <laughs> We're all the way into May now. It's been raining down there in Daytona. All right, um, let's focus on the five hundred. Based on what's going on this week, based on what you saw last night. I mean, do you have, you know, a particular, you know, group of cars, you know, a team, or maybe it's a couple of drivers? Like, who do you think, hey, they're definitely going to be a factor on Sunday? Well, I, I too, like you, was really shocked at how well the Toyotas ran. I, I thought with the lack of speed they had in qualifying, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a, a big race for them. And they immediately proved, hey, we, we can race fine. Um, and, and you don't know, like, what, what the manufacturers built into the car. Like, they... they they could show up at, at later in the year and or in a couple of weeks at Las Vegas and be great, and that's where that's really where the bread's buttered, right? At the mile and a half tracks and places like that. So I think the Toyotas are going to be really good. So that means to me, Denny Hamlin. I think he's you know top three or four, you know, restrictor plate drivers, and and if you give him something that he can work with, then I think he's going to be fantastic. So I think Denny Hamlin's going to be tough. 
I think Brad Keselowski. I think, you know, Bowen asked about who's a breakout driver this year. I think it's weird to say a champion is going to be a breakout driver, but I think Brad Keselowski is going to have a huge year this year. You know, his teammate, uh, the car he owns, Chris Buescher, won three races last year. I could see Keselowski easily winning three races this year. And to me, that could start Sunday in the Daytona 500 or Monday in the Daytona 500. I think Brad's going to be very good. He's so savvy now at these uh, at these plate races. Now, he may not run up front all day long. Brad, late in his career, has really taken an affinity to kind of riding in the back, saving his car, but then really being a factor at the end of these races. And I, I think he may wind up doing that, but I think he's going to be a factor on Sunday as well. I'd love to see him have a big year. I, lo- I love me some Brad Keselowski. All right, Marty, we love some Marty Snyder here as well, even with your cheap <laughs> shot. Even with the cheap shot that Marty came on the radio with. Marty, appreciate uh, you guys, man. We're certainly looking forward to the season, to y'all's uh, half of the season uh, as well. Um, uh, thanks as always, man. Good to catch up with you. Yeah, good hearing from you guys as well. All right, there you go. Marty Snyder, to hear NBC, from talking great racing. Great to hear from Marty. Man, long-time friend. Had talked to him. Mac, we've been friends for, for multiple decades. But allow me to take a shot at you before I even say hello. Dare I say, <laughs> one of the greatest guests we've ever had on. Flounder liked that. Flounder, oh, oh, man. Flounder enjoyed Flounder that. missed when he was on every week back in the yeah. day. It just happened every Tuesday at 12 in the afternoon. He must be a huge listener of the show, too, because I said, this is Anthony from WFNZ. He said Flounder. Oh, yeah, he He's was. family. He refused to call you by your legal name. Yes. You know what I mean? I do want to say this real quick, and this I, I don't even know if this needs to be said, Bone, but Kevin Harvick last night in the booth just oh, slides man. right in. Him and Boyer Amazing. are great together, former teammates, right? And he's just awesome. He's just a natural. And I th- and I don't even know if we need to say a ton about it because I don't think anybody that watches racing is surprised, right? We've seen him do no. some stuff, but it's just that was the perfect guy for them to pair up, you know. They've done the a great job. Guy. Boyer was the perfect guy yeah. then. And now they got Harvick another is now, and now they got guys forever to, to yeah. do that. This segment sponsored by Compassion International. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 976 976- Four, six. Mac, I can't wait. We have a special guest coming in studio next. He's a friend from the building. He used to be a sports center anchor that has experience broadcasting the Super Bowl. You're going to not want to miss Jorge Andres next from WBTV in studio, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. In the next week, NFL draft prospects will be tested through drills of speed, endurance, and NFL IQ. Something quite similar to what they have us do here on SportsCenter to make sure that we're on top of our game. Let's go, Jorge. Get after it. Get after it. Come on, Jorge. Let's go. Go. Dig deep. Dig deep, Jorge. Dig deep. Dig deep. Way to go, bud. Way to go. Good effort. All right. There you hear. That is uh, the man that is in studio with us right now, Jorge Andres. He was uh, an ESPN employee, and he he uh, hosted Sports Center a ton. 
Jorge is now with WBTV. We got a chat with you, man. You yes. are a football nut and yes. aficionado. He's called a Super Bowl. That's right. As well. Um, uh, you know, done Sunday night games yeah. on the Spanish side for uh, NBC Universal. And now he's in the same building as us. <laughs> now, w- uh, first of all, hello. Secondly, what was going on on that crash? I was going to say, you, got, you guys dug up uh, my injury clip. I think I, I either popped an Achilles or pulled a hammy doing that. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I, that was a clip from when I was doing Sports Center uh, with a good friend of mine, Cassidy Hybrith. She's amazing. Uh, that was like my work wife at ESPN. We we always hosted the 8 p.m. edition of Sports Center and the noon edition of Sports Center on both E News and E2. And she was fantastic. And it was right around um, the combine. Yeah. So I go into this meeting and I tell uh, I tell everybody I thought it was crazy. I go and I said, "Hey, let's just be wild here. Let's just do something nuts." Yeah. I was like, "Why don't we lead into this combine thing and toss it out to the guys out in Indy by doing some sort of combine thing?" And then they loved it. So I said, <laughs> "Well, how can we make an obstacle course here where I can kind of pop my Achilles, but maybe not?" And uh, luckily, I didn't. But uh, but I was hurt, and it was it was fun, you know, because look at the end of the day. I always say this, we're not delivering babies, we're not doing brain surgery, we're just doing television and want to make it fun, want to make it entertaining, want to make it engaging, and we want people to leave with something that they didn't know, you yeah, know, whether it's an yeah. opinion or whatever, and uh, the folks there were, were kind enough at times to let me have some fun. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I was cool. watching you over the weekend on uh, one of the weekend uh, newscasts, and you, yeah. had, you had a video board up there, yeah. and you were breaking down football, I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing, and then it hit me, I'm like... Oh, I see what the I, ven- who, I, I, I see that what, voice. I see what the vending machine. Shocking enough that Mac and I meet people. That, yeah. and I'm like, man, I know I've seen and heard. Then I realize you're from Sports Center yeah, and you're in right. our building. That's so awesome to have that here. Yeah, I mean, so football is like my bread and butter. My family immigrated to the United States. I'm Peruvian. I'm Hispanic. Uh, everybody's like, play soccer, play soccer. And so I played soccer because I had to. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was pretty good at it. I was decent at it. I was a goalkeeper. But I really loved football, and I tried really hard, and I was pretty good at it. And I'm a bigger guy. I was played tight end. I played in high school, played in college. Went on, and then I said, you know, my body was like, stop. You, you, please stop. And uh, so I said, okay, how can I do football more? And then uh, that's when we got into the journalism side of things. And with my time with the Washington Redskins at the time, they were the Redskins before they were the commanders. I called their games. Uh, I called Sunday Night Football for Telemundo and NBC Universal. I uh, called Super Bowl 56, which was great. And then here at WBTV, uh, you know, with the Super Bowl that just happened, I had an opportunity. I'm like, hey, look. Let's break down what's going to happen in this game. And, yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. And then we had some really cool friends here. Uh, Eric Garlic, one of the weather people, he's like, let's do some telestration. Because, look, we're all all sports fans here. So we were able to do it, and and it looked awesome. And it was a great response that uh, WBTV got uh, from the community. We launched a new sports show uh, that is uh, airing on Mondays and Fridays streaming. and speaking of ESPNers, we have Chris Berman on the show today. So he'll be on the show really? with me uh, today awesome. at, at 1 p.m. Friday today, 1 p.m., Chris Berman will be on the show to we'll kind of put a bow on the NFL season. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Um, all right. Well, let's, we're talking with Jorge Andres. He's giving you his background. Yes. It's, uh, he's got a heck of a lot of experience, and he's in the building with us. So you know. 
we're going to go right down the hall and bug him and have him no, come hang with us. Anytime, let's, please. Anytime. Thinking, oh, no, they found my Wikipedia page. Yeah. He's a cat. <laughs> Crap. Uh, we also found that injury as well on SportsCenter. Uh, Flounder yeah. with a good pull. I, was like, <laughs> I, I, I remember I was like, this was such a great idea before we actually did it. And then we went to commercial and I was like, my my left glute is doing something it's never done. Can we just stop? <laughs> when the glutes start acting up, yeah, you got so, you an issue. That's uh, that left one. Let's talk about uh, let's talk some football. You love yeah. it. You came here before the season in August to yep. Charlotte, so you saw that whole uh, season last year, and now it's a new outlook. It's Dave Canales as the head coach. What do you think about the hire of Dave Canales? How do you feel about that? So we were, Nate Wimberly, the sports director over at WBTV and I, we had a conversation and we went uh, and did something for the show. We were talking about general managers and um, head coaches. Who would the Panthers take? Who would the Panthers do, uh, go with? I really had a really great feeling on Dan Morgan just because he was in the building. He had that relationship with the Teppers. And I thought that that would be just the easiest way to to not divert too far away, yeah. uh, but at the same time, give him the keys. Uh, I don't want to say that, um, you know, he is part of the old regime. However, he has the keys now, and he can really put an imprint now. As soon as that move happened, I loved Ben Johnson. Uh, not only for Carolina, but I mentioned I was a Washington fan. Yeah. For Washington, yeah. I yeah. I loved him. I really did. And I know that, that the Panthers wanted him. However, when I saw how long it was taking and when I saw the Dan Morgan hire, the name that came right popping up was Dave Canales. Yeah. Because yeah. what's the biggest issue here? Well, there's a million issues, but what's the biggest, most talked about issue uh, here in Carolina? It's the development of Bryce Young and how, uh, in my opinion, he really went the opposite way this past season. And Dave Canales is a guy that, I, in a short period of time, I will say, in a short period of time, has at least proven that he can right the ship with both Geno Smith. Look at Russell Wilson's number is in Seattle. Look at what he did with Baker and Tampa Bay. 100%. And that's the position that they're putting him in. Now, the Dan Morgan relationship, I think, is even better. Because then that gives him the opportunity to go to his guy. Not a guy he doesn't know uh, to go say, hey, can we do this, do that. A guy that he trusts, a guy that he that cut his teeth with him at the same shop under Pete Carroll in Seattle to be able to build a team together. That energizes me. No, that's a good that, point. That's a good, good angle. That's there. a real good point because yeah. we looked at it, Bone. Um, this is a mashing way. of energies right here that people yeah. are pointing people out. People are saying, bad. Jorge, you might would... add energy me. I got to pick my game up, baby. <laughs> people um, just put the volume down to like two. <laughs> oh, man. But you are right. And, Bone, you and I talked about this. Like, look at the GM coach relationships we've had yes. here lately. Like, Rule was here first. Yes. Then they brought in Fitterer and just kind of oddly paired yes. them up. Yes. And then, you know, Fitterer and Wright. Well, Fitter seemed to be one of the guys that was talking to Tepper kind of behind Reich. So it's like they the fact that they have a longtime friendship, they can tell each other, hey, I think you're full of it. Yep, they exactly. can tell each other, they're hey, honest. man, I think you're on to yes. something. So I think that's a good point. You have an experience in D.C. with an owner in Daniel Snyder that often gets compared <laughs> in some ways, not every not way. Not every way. I, uh, you can't say every way. Yeah, yeah. Not every way. To our owner here, David Tepper, from what you've seen from Tepper so far and from what you knew, of Daniel Snyder, how accurate is it that they're they're alike here? So he, here's the, the the parallels that I see, and that's why you know people talk to me all the time and they say, oh, well, this is not going to go anywhere because Mr. Tepper, this and that. And I said, hold on a second, all right, hold on a minute. Uh, Dan Snyder, uh, David Tepper, 
They are brilliant. When I say brilliant, I say brilliant businessmen. They really are. These are people that have worked really hard. They know that they failed at times and moved pieces around and they've eventually gained success. And in every single challenge that they've had uh, on the business side of things. And it has translated. Now, does that translate to football? I don't think so. Right. But you go tell somebody who, for example, with Dan Snyder, started his career bussing people from Silver Spring, Maryland uh, to RFK, then building a media empire, then at the time buying the, uh, the the highest price ticket for the Washington Redskins. You tell that to David Tepper, who started in in business and built himself into the second richest owner in the NFL, that you can't do something. There's no way. That person has proven to himself and to all of his doubters that he can do it, both Snyder and Tepper. Now, the difference is they are brilliant businessmen. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're good football people. Now, here's going to be, and we don't know, only time will tell. Here's going to be where David Tepper and Dan Snyder may be different. Dan Snyder would never let it go. He would never let it go. Not until the scandals came out. He would never let it go. No way. I don't care. I hate everyone. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Stubborn, right? Like he stubborn. Did, he didn't yeah. want didn't you. Care. And is Tepper like that? Does so, he have that stubbornness? Oh, or is he open to like, hey, that person might be right? Or you know what I mean? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't. I've, I just got here. I don't know David Tepper well enough to know. I only know what I've seen. What I've seen, obviously, last year was not good. But what I have seen is that at least right now, it looks like he's trying to be that businessman. Okay, well, I tried to do it this way. It didn't work. I tried to do it. It didn't work. I tried to do it. It didn't work. So let me look at this other option, which is what? Which is let take my hand out of the cookie jar. Let the Dan Morgans do their thing. Yeah, it looks and, like Dan Morgan, as you mentioned. Canalis looks like a Morgan preference, and right? Not only, and not only that, but like the fact that Dan Morgan, and this is brilliant of Dan Morgan, the fact that Dan, a good leader knows where his weaknesses are, and he, he lifts them with other people. And Dan Morgan is a culture guy. Dan Morgan is a guy that will change the culture. We all saw it. I want dogs. That's yeah. a culture guy. Yeah. That's a guy yeah, that's going to make you run through a brick wall. Now, is he a numbers guy? No. Well, that's what Brent Tills is here. Yeah. You, you, you bring a guy in. So when you see Tepper allow Morgan to change the culture, to bring another person like Tillis, because Tillis didn't cost you five bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. to bring a guy like that, to bring a guy in Dave Canales, who, yes, has great history in, in, in Seattle, in Tampa, but at the same time is a fairly brand new coach. Like that's that says a lot to me from David Tepper that like maybe, and I may be eating my words here uh, yeah. 12 months from now, but at least right now. I don't see the parallel with Dan Snyder there. I hope you're right. I, I really I hope, hope right. I am. People are saying George Steinbrenner. Here's the difference. Yankees fan here. George Steinbrenner, when he got suspended from baseball for spying on Dave Winfield, he came back and they did well without him. So Steinbrenner had to adapt and change Correct. and adjust to what that team was doing without him. Daniel Snyder, to your point, did, was there ever a period never, of adjustment? Never, 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 never
Or is he going to double I down? Think it seen, looks like that. I think it we've seen like adjustments. That. Like, you talked about hiring Brant Tillis and having him be kind of the numbers, yeah, the numbers contract guy, guy yeah. whatever. And then you have Dan. That restructuring it was was at the advisement of Sportsology, yep. that firm that they consulted. Then, yes. David Tepper is first, well, however many years, five years. He didn't want anybody coming outside and tell him how to structure his organization. So I think that's progress. Again, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. It takes some time. Look, it takes a while for somebody, again, who's had so much success in business and in life, really, to be like, you know what? I don't know this. I don't know this. It takes a lot. It, it, It takes a lot. Now, to your point, Dan Snyder never Never, 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 not once. They could have gone zero and sixteen back then. Never. Now what? No, I just got to change a couple of things. Yeah, like yeah. it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I rave, got- rave reviews for Jorge, including. Listener Granny Pat. Oh, Granny Pat's into oh, horse. Right. What's up, Granny? He's, there uh, you what, go. What is she, Mac? 80, 85 years old? Oh, yeah. oh. I feel like you're putting a couple of years on her. No, 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 she's, really? she's legitimately. Not a year oh. over 35. No, she's legitimately like. 80. I mean, yeah, looks. Yeah, looks 35, no, I'm just 36. Saying for, for, uh, she says she's into this guy right okay. now. Okay. Yeah, Granny like gets it. a lot like of crushes it. when she listens like to radio. Yes, you're the well, girl's approval. So here's the last question I want to ask you. The most important thing I'm most fascinated with, and we're telling everybody. Jorge Andre's story, you know, the Sports Center pass, the sure. the you know, calling Sunday night games on Telemundo and and uh and the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifty six, and all this great stuff in the background. Now he's at WBTV. You gotta Correct. check him out. They're bringing a new sports show. But here's what I'm most intrigued by the drumming. I saw a video of you drumming. <laughs> what? So what? So like you were you in a band growing up? Like what's the drumming stuff oh, here? Oh man. Uh you guys really went deep. <laughs> wow. uh, no, no, here's the thing. So uh, when I when I was a kid, I, look, I loved everything. I was like, look, I want to tell jokes. I want to be a movie star. I want to be just want to be center of attention problems, right? Middle child syndrome. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, I just I started drumming and it was great. And then when I was in college, I was in one of those like uh, little bands that plays at bars around yeah, yeah, yeah. around town. I went to Radford University uh, for a year. Uh, right by Virginia Tech, and then I said, you know what, I gotta graduate. So I transferred and went to George Mason. Ended up playing ball there, and uh, but but we would gig around little bars, and it's still something that that I love. It's something that I follow. I have two kids, uh, my daughters. They 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 do it. I'm, I'm at least I'm trying to teach them at least. And uh, and then here outside of the sports show that that uh, I'm hosting on Fridays and Mondays at one. Um, I also do a lifestyle program, uh, the morning show here uh, called QC Morning and um, QC at three in the afternoon. And that uh, the reason I love those programs is because I can talk about sports, but I can also talk about drumming yeah, and I can yeah. also talk about breweries and I can also have a couple of uh, chefs come in and make me make me some brisket or something. You know, so it's like that. It's nice. it's a crossover of all of this, because at the end of the day, sports is entertainment. They just cross over. They're married together. And and I love the opportunity that that WBTV has given me to be able to to still be in sports because I always say like I, you, you can't ever leave it you yeah. love it I I have two young kids a three year old and a one year old when I was calling games on Sunday night and and stuff that I'm very grateful it was amazing I, it was a lot of travel yeah and yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't get to see a lot of my kids and my wife a lot and uh, I think we're in a position now where they're young and I'm not gonna get those years back. So WBTV has been great to say, hey, listen, we get it. We see it. Let's try to normalize your your life, if you will, on the travel end. And uh, so you can spend time with your family. But at the same time, let's have some fun and do some lifestyle, do some sports, and hang yeah, out with you guys. Cool. You guys, got, cool. that, you guys cool. got that new outdoor kitchen out there, right? Yeah, oh, man, I'll tell Mac you, brother. And I, Mac and I are Ooh. eyeing that up for maybe a little burger session. Oh, we got to get Jorge to get his house <laughs> in the kitchen at I'm some t- point. I'm telling you guys, 
Like we've already as soon as the weather changes, because that's one thing I didn't research. I didn't know it got this cold in Charlotte. <laughs> Come on now, I just moved You're to, like the we're south. In the south. Come I, on, that's, baby. Literally, that's what I thought. I was in South Florida. I'm like, well, cool. I moved to the south. I could do 50 degree winters. And the other day it was 17. I was like, what is this? But once it gets warmer. Once it gets warmer, we're going to start using that outdoor studio more. We'll get some burgers, some dogs. We'll bring some pit masters, get yes. some barbecue. Oh, now we're so talking. So now talking we're about. talking. Yeah, this is beautiful. Mac and I will bring our vending machine burgers over. <laughs> <laughs> promote, promote the show. Where can they find it? One more time. All right. QC morning, 9 to 10 a.m. on WBTV, QC at 3, uh, 3 to 3.30, Monday through Friday, both of these shows on WBTV, and our sports show uh, just launched a week ago. It's Fridays and Mondays, 1 p.m. if you want to live, but you can stream it on demand at any time. Today, we will have ESPN's Chris Berman uh, with us to talk a little bit, uh, kind of put a bow on the season and talk a little bit about the Panthers and see, hopefully some brighter days next year <laughs> we're hoping hey man well uh, you're a great addition to the media market here to the tv side to the building and uh we have a feeling based on the text response right. this won't be your only oh, appearance yeah. anytime yeah. anytime yeah. you guys want all right definitely we'll and do it same man. you guys come on the sports show same That's, you guys come on hey, you know Matt, these faces on tv yeah. all right <laughs> you know, i didn't know that was allowed <laughs> mac wanted to Mac won, a TV, Mac won a TV award this year, Jorge, hey, without is. without being on TV this past year. Yeah, there I am right there. Look at that right there. <laughs> Charlotte, <laughs> yeah, Queen City News, Charlotte Sports Live. For some reason, they sent the award to me, too. I was never a part of their show. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, you, you take it and you frame it and you put it up. That's right, baby. It's going on the resume right now. TV award-winning experience. Yeah, beat uh, that. All right, brother. We'll talk to you, man. Thanks, Be Jorge. good. Be Fellas, good. thank you for the invite. All right, very cool. Very cool. Jorge Andres. Um, uh, uh, new uh, member of the Charlotte Sports Media as of August, and a great addition, man. Great addition. And we got to talk breweries. We got to talk like rock music and drum. We got so many other things to talk can about. You let next the man time. go do his job. Please? Well, next time, I'm saying next time. He can oh, go, Grant. Yeah, he does have to be on the air soon. So anyway. Wait, I don't. I don't time these sponsors. I just read them when they're supposed to be. This segment sponsored by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years or more about research, education, and support at Foundation.org. When we come back, we talk Panthers in positions of need. We rank our four biggest positions of need this offseason. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Mac and Bone with you. Thank you to Jorge Andres for hanging out with us in studio. Check him out on WBTV. Bone, check him out at the vending machine as well. Um, see him over there. All right. Let's do this, Bone Man. We've got our we've got a good bit of Panther talk the rest of the way. Um, got some college hoops talk. Our earlier discussion about the ACC. I the just lost Chris Busher on my list of guys. Oh, oh man. no. You are dwindling over there. Your Bone is pulling names out of a hat. They're being eliminated he is choosing a favorite driver for the 2024 nascar season and this you're getting down there pretty far got man. nine drivers left and max Ooh. choice is still remaining in this thing oh i would love to be able to choose this this would be amazing um but hey we've got multiple conversations about the panthers including coming up here in a minute and we talked earlier about the anti acc vibes from bracketologists and national media 
We gave our thoughts on it. Josh Graham joins us. Um, very passionate about all things ACC uh, from Winston-Salem area and his drive radio show on WSJS. He comes on with us at 8 o'clock. So some good college basketball talk. But right now, Bone, we are stealing this from Mike Kay of The Observer. So I will give full credit to Mike Kay. Great writer, writing some great stuff this Panther offseason already. Didn't we steal a bit from Michael Kay, the radio host, yesterday? Yeah, anybody named Mike or Michael Kay or Mikey Kay? If anybody knows a Mikey Kay and you got a bit we could steal, let us know. Um, but here's what he did. He ranked all the Panthers' positions. I think it was like one through eight is how he did it. And he ranked them in order of need. Let's just go say top four, all right, for the sake of kind of abbreviating the conversation. Bone, we all know what the needs are. We've all been begging the Panthers this offseason to go fill these needs. But how would you rank them? Like, say the top four needs. And oh, he did it O-line as a group. Wide receivers as their own group. Tight ends, running backs. He did, like, edge rusher yeah. as one group. D-line as another group. Then the middle linebackers as another group. And then the secondary as a group, too. How would you... Or no, he actually did corners and safety separately. So based kind of on that, how would you craft your top? Let's just do it this way. We'll each start with our number one. Like, what would you say is the number one position to need? Because there's two up there fighting for our attention. Yeah, I think we kind of know the two. We talk about them often. And this year, Mac, is not about how many wins they get. It's about the progress of the franchise quarterback looking like that. And that starts with the weapons. It's, it's getting a... Hoping that Mingo progresses, Mac. I think even then he's probably not a one. It's finding how can they get weapons for Bryce Young. I put wide receivers uh, as my number one, and that's what Mike K did. And to make this um, uh, very predictable, I will also go wide well, receiver. I mean, it's and, it's obvious on and, that front. And I've listen, I've kicked it around because he did O line as one group. I, I do think there is a a you know you you kind of have to debate yourself a little bit on it. And I'll be curious to see what y'all text in. Number one need this offseason is. I just think if you look at wide receiver bone, it's Adam Thielen, Mingo. Hell, Mingo, did you see that efficiency rating thing I shared with the group bone? Uh, yeah. Uh, at, like uh, NFL efficiency um, uh, per, per like route run or whatever. Like he was literally dead last. He was the last one in the bottom left quadrant, which ain't the right quadrant to be in. But we I just think he's young. To, we need him to be like a two or a three or a Seriously. four. Like he's not a one. He, no, I wouldn't think. But other than Thielen and we hope Mingo, like what else do you have, man? Chark lets you down, I thought, except for like one game. Um, TMJ fell out of favor, was barely active for games at all. So it's like LaVisca Chenault's a free agent. I'm not sure that's going to work out here. It's just they need multiple receivers. Like you could argue they need to revamp the whole thing. You know, multiple types of receivers. They so, need they need they need game breaker, game breaker, possession guys yeah, over there. Everything, everything, dude. Everything, big, tall, small, like everything you can say. The O line, I would not put it number one over receiver because I still think you can say. If we get the guards healthy, that that right there, there's an improvement. What did we play, like nine different guard combos? I mean, I'm not saying the O-line was great from the jump bone, but I do think the guard injuries were a big problem. Of it. We were playing guys, I don't even know if they should be in the NFL at guard and starting them by the end of the thing. So I, I'll go wide receiver we were playing, we were over playing, We were playing more random guards than the Hornets were till recently. <laughs> Very true. Sad but true. So I'll go wide receiver over O-line. Now, do you make O-line the second biggest Panther need, or would you go somewhere else? Is it a need, or is it fixing the guys that are on the current offensive line? 
Are they replacing all these guys, or is it trying to figure out which position Icky plays? I put offensive lineback third on my list. Not that it's not something you try to fix. So what's second? I got edge. The edge opposite Brian Burns, which is still a problem. I know that Gross Matos can be re-signed, but Mac, they 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 traded up for Johnson last year. You'd hope that by year two, the raw DJ Johnson would be that guy. But even if they get Burns back, there's still a gaping hole over there for production that they've got to figure out who that guy is over there. There is, but we still ranked fourth in total defense, even though the pass rush was a problem, right? Statistically, it was not good. And I kind of like Gross Matos. If he can be a cheap signing, I kind of like bringing him back. I don't dispute we need edge, but I'm sorry, man. We can't watch. And I know the guard injuries are the reason why I didn't put us at number, put that at the number one need. But I can't sit here, Bone, and watch Bryce Young get battered and bruised to the point where I'm up there in the press box feeling like a a scared mother. I mean, like I didn't know what we're going. But like Icky, but, like their needs, guys need to come in. They cannot sit there in this off season and just say, "Hey, let's just get those guards healthy and we'll be good." They better not think that way. They they need cr- competition on the offensive line. I also wonder too: Does Bradley Bozeman need to go? Is he good enough? Um, now, a lot of it depends on the scheme and do these guys fit the scheme because I don't think they fit that's, the scheme last year. That's what I was going to bring but, up. Is but this, I, think you need a, I think you need an offensive lineman drafted either this early second or early third round. I think you need free agent O-line. Like, I don't know, man. It, it, they better not feel like we can just get the guards healthy and everything's going to be all right. That's a major mistake, man. Especially the guards. I do wonder, though, if scheme will help out some of this, though. I don't know if guys regress that bad or the scheme will just completely off. Four guys like Icky and Bozeman. Time will tell. Mac, for my third thing here, I did offensive line was third. I went wide receiver, edge, offensive line. We just talked about it, but that was the next thing on my list. Here. All right, so you went O-line three yeah. instead of two. I also realized, man, we got a whole lot of problems. Yeah, you, somebody said this. Somebody says when it's this hard to figure out what your top four needs are, you might stink. Yeah, also when you have two wins, you might stink. Like we didn't, we didn't need this exercise to figure out we stinked and the roster ain't good enough. I mean, enough. if we could have got a lead in the fourth quarter, things could have been different. I'm gonna go. I'm going tight end number three. That was my four. Because that was my, uh, four, I, I have to be honest with you, man. I'm not saying the defense is perfect, and your point about edge is good. And by the way, Mike K, the man who we stole this list from, this topic from, he's got an article in the Observer. Read it, y'all. He's got edge three. So, but I just think, Bone. I'm sorry. All the needs to me are on offense, or all the biggest needs are on offense. Tight end, what's going to happen with Hayden Hurst? I like him personally, but he had, he had a down season. He admitted it to us. Is he, you know, health-wise, I still worry about what he went through. Tremble showed us something, but Ian Thomas has showed us very little in the receiving game, if at all. I think they could use a, a an upgrade at tight end as well. And number four, what's your number four need? That was tight end for me. Oh, tight end for, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, four for same, you. Same, I'll go edge for Same group, I'll go but edge just a different four. order, yeah. All right, there you go. So, I don't know. This is the stuff we're going to be talking about, but to me, I'm obsessed. I was obsessed with keeping Avero in the defensive staff, and I am obsessed with keeping Burns and Luvu. But other than that, in terms of additions, like I just wanted to keep the defensive pieces. The additions, I'm obsessed with offensive additions to help Bryce. Give him a chance, man. Mac, one note, text from Jorge Andres here. Forgot to say the name of the show that he's now hosting on Mondays and Fridays. It's called The Point After. It's at 1 p.m. or streaming on demand anytime. We apologize for not saying the uh, name of the show, but it's called The Point After, WBTV. That'll be fun. Chris Berman's on, for crying out loud. That's a fun show there for Jorge. When we come back, Josh Graham, WSJS in Winston, We're going to talk about the state of the ACC. Will he defend the ACC's honor or 
go against it? We'll find out. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFN.